Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Very unexpected, but very, very appreciative. Um, So it is so interesting, though, that um, that you did all of this because it's an act of um, not only great appreciation, but it really is an act of love uh, for Audra and I. I'll get through this. I'll get through this. So the interesting thing, yes, my, my master's degree is in strategic leadership, and, and I felt the Lord share, by the way, worship was incredible, and I felt the Lord just share um, with us, because I think sometimes you think, oh, okay, great, you know, you, gotta, you, you become a better strategic leader and, and leading this organization called the church, and, and I want to let you know that as, as much as there are organizational qualities to this church, this church is not an organization. This church is a family. And you guys are a part of this family. And, and we realize that God's, in God's kingdom and his family, the doors are always open. So as much as I appreciate every single one here, there are people yet to be added to this family. But, but as they're being added and as you are here, we get the privilege of serving you to keep helping you steer your attention to the Lord and his kingdom ways. And it's a real privilege to be able to serve people who are so hungry for the Lord. When you look around and say, you know, people aren't just coming to church because they like, this is the thing to do, meaning they check a box. They come because they're passionate about growing in their relationship with Jesus and with one another. And we have this slogan at Grace Capital Church, Jesus-centered and people-focused, and that you guys live this out. And so I want to just give that encouragement that, that we are a family that will continue to grow, but we're first and foremost a family before we're an organization. And I will continue to serve you, and I'll continue to pastor you, and I'll continue to lead you. And, and I feel like what Jesus has said many times, you know, it's like he leads us to good pastors. And my job is to keep following Jesus wholeheartedly to lead each one of you closer to those good pastors. And so you can prosper in your life. And so Audra and I, with our, our team, because this is not just Audra and I. We have a team that serves you and a pastoral team, an amazing team. But it is the privilege. It is a privilege. So I just want to say, I just want to say thank you so much, and I applaud you <laughs> and applaud each other. <laughs> well, today is it is that message actually that we're going to be talking about understanding how we become one as a family. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to um, turn with me to this scripture, if you will, John chapter seventeen. John chapter 17. But before we do that, and keep looking, so keep John chapter 17, I, I want to pause for a moment to, to reflect on some of the things that went on this week that I'd just like to take a moment and pray for. The tragedy in Texas, yeah, another um, shooting that took place, uh, needless, tragic, and you think about um, families, what they're having to go through and grieving. We get to celebrate today, but how many families are not celebrating? They're grieving today. The airline crash in Cuba um, this week, um, another tragedy, 100 people lost their lives. Think about those families. 
And then uh, the volcano in, in Hawaii that continues to erupt and people lose possessions. And we know that earthly possessions are just that. But at the same token, there's loss. So would you just take a few moments with me and, and we'll just kind of take a moment of silence and really ask for the Lord's hand of comfort um, to so many who faced tragedy this week. Father, we're so mindful of, of the, the hurts around this world. These are just the ones that have been brought to our attention. But Father, in so many ways, so many people have these, these deep hurts from these tragedies that take place. Father, I pray the, that you are the God of peace and comfort, that you would just continue to give such grace over people's lives, that people would not try to walk through the, the sense of loss and sorrow on their own, that they would really reach out to you. Father, I pray the churches in those communities would do their part in really reaching to you as well. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. In one of these rows, side rows, there's boxes of Kleenex, and I would love a Kleenex if somebody can find me one. Oh, we got one. Thank you so much, George. My little uh, emotional moment there has caused some of my functions to run. All right. For those of you who are watching online, I don't know what functions running means, but uh, I have a runny nose there. Well, in John chapter 17, these are Jesus' words. He, he's praying this prayer. If you have a Bible that has red letters in it, you'll see what, um, what Jesus is, is praying. And it says this in John chapter 17, verse 21 through 23, that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also must, uh, may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you loved me. How many ones? Do you count in that little scripture, in that verse? There's a lot of ones. There's some reason that that God really cares about, that Jesus really cares about, that we act as one, that we are one. And why? The why. I always love to ask that question. When you read a scripture and then you, you get to the place of saying, well, why was that important that Jesus was talking about becoming one? And it's embedded in there. Why is because so the world would know of Jesus, that the world would see Jesus. So today I'm going to be talking about not only living as one in our immediate families, and you might be here, you might be single, you might be, uh, you know, just maybe you and your spouse. Um, And so we're going to be talking about families, maybe you've got kids in the house, But how do you act as one? How do you live as one? But then I'm also going to reflect on the understanding that this, our church family also is a family. This is our our extended family. This is our spiritual family that we are a part of and we are to be as one. But in a world that continues to try to fracture us, 
that tries to preoccupy us, that tries to distract us, we realize that we are not as effective as being as one, and then we wonder why the world can't see Jesus. And maybe because they see our busyness, they see our fracturedness, they see whatever they see. Now, I want to be mindful that, you know, it's unfortunately today, there's a new trend in the church that people attend once or twice a month, and they would say, I'm faithful in church. And it's because people are so busy with certain things. And unfortunately, there used to be a day, maybe you remember this or you don't, it was like everything was closed on Sunday, and there was nothing to do but go to church, right? (laughs) And so, uh, but today, everything's open, and now they've realized where is the gaps in people's schedules, and they and they fill up all those gaps, especially if you've got young kids who are, who are athletes, they're involved in sports. And now before you guys start feeling like, oh man, my, fa- my kids are in sports, I only make it half time, is he talking to me? Well, I- I'm talking to me as well. I've got, my little Elliot is off playing lacrosse today. And when we signed him up, we wouldn't have signed him up if we knew that he was going to have games on Sunday at church time. But yet... We signed him up and we made a commitment, but I realized the struggle of what has happened in our society where it starts to take away um, our family time, and I would say this is family time, but how much more so in our homes? Remember the 50s and 60s? Everybody would be home at a certain time and everybody would sit around the table and have a family meal. I want you to ask yourself, if your kids are still home, how many times do you sit down and have a family meal? It's probably pretty slim how many times you can do that just because of the schedules of everybody. I know for us, it is also a struggle. The other thing is, is I wonder how much of it, now you're in church, but I wonder how much we say this is our spiritual family and we expect that we're going to go to church and my kids are going to be in youth group and they're going to be in kids ministry, but then we say this, You see, it's great to be part of a spiritual family called church, but are you making your family a spiritual family? You'll see this slide. It says, it's great to be a part of a spiritual family called church, but are you making your family a spiritual family? I think that's been the other challenges because we're so busy and we're so frantic that we say, when do we even have time if we're not even sitting around the table and we'll pray before a meal or You know, we might quickly tuck our kids to bed and pray over them, but how are we living as a spiritual family? Interesting thing, um, I was doing some research on this and found that the research shows is when we add spirituality or faith into our families that our families are healthier. They would say that the benefits of having a faith in a family is it overcomes depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and the list goes on. So we know science has already proven that we are, that we're better when we're a part of not only a church family, but that there is a sense of faith in our family. But then we also know that we have the ruler of this world who is, Satan is the ruler of this world, And Jesus came to overcome that, but we know that Satan's job is to kill, steal, and destroy, right? So he does not like families because 
families, if they are the oneness of family is to reflect Jesus, then he's going to do everything he can to fragment a family. It includes our church family. So our job then is to say, if, if this is what is, is Satan's um, purpose is, he's trying to fragment our family, we know the health benefits of keeping faith in our family, being connected to a body of believers, and then we know that it's the very thing that Jesus has instituted for us to reflect to this world. We said marriage is our reflection, right? Because it models to our world how, how husbands and wives interact and models how Jesus interacts with the church. But from a more collective point of view, from family, our oneness is the other aspect that the world is looking for. So how do we overcome these fragments? How do we begin to become one? I want us to look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. That's in the New Testament. And I want us to begin to... Colossians is after Philippians, before and after Ephesians. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, before First and Second Thessalonians. So flip through there, kind of get the general sense of where it is. If you look at my Bible, you'll see how thin it is on this side. Go to that part, thin, then you'll flip around, you'll find it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. This scripture really put, tells us of how, what are the things that we need to keep in our life. We, it says put on. Before there, I'm not going to read that these are the things you take off, so these are the things you get out of your life, but I want to focus on what we need to put in our life, what we need to put on to help us live as one, to help us function with unity. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 says this, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Compassionate hearts. Kindness, brothers and sisters in the room. Kindness, adding to kindness, meekness. That word meekness is actually translates um, more submission than it is humility. Some people would say meekness is being humble, but it's actually more about a submission. By the way, we're to submit one to another. So don't think that I'm the man, she must submit to me. We realize that we are to submit one to another. Patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. You know, the... The, it's, forgiveness is hard because it goes against our selfishness. It goes against our pride. And we don't like to um, ask for forgiveness or say, hey, would you forgive me? I, I know in, in my family, there are times I've had to go to my kids and the way I responded to them or reacted to them. By the way, it, it was when you go through stress, here's a little tip for you. Learn how to respond and not react. So much of the time we want to react to situations, but if we just pause long enough and ask God, how should I respond, it's going to be a whole lot better for you. 
and me. But forgiveness, I've had to do it many times, even with my wife. Hey, would you please forgive me? I, I, the way I reacted to that situation was not right. But it's amazing how forgiveness breaks down those walls and begins to help us ensure and keep unity. Keep unity. Let's move on. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Can everybody just say one? One. One body. We are one body. We all function with different functions. I just have a different function in this body. But every single person here is a very valuable member to this body called Grace Capital Church, and I would say to this family. You might even be a guest here today, and you're saying, well, do I belong? Do I not belong? I'll tell you what. You belong. You belong. And anybody who's found this family realizes that this is an open family that allows people to belong. I love this one, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So my question is, when's the last time you guys sang a spiritual song in your home? I don't sing. I don't have a good voice. When's the last time you cracked the Bible open in your home and say, family, we're going to sit down? Husband, why? Maybe you don't have kids in your house. You're retired and you're kind of like, we got this thing figured out. I'm going to ask this. Is your family one? Or do you have the same last name living under the same roof but living separate lives? Is your family one? Do you have the same last name living under the same roof but living separate lives? Because I know with a pace of life, you can easily do that. I also know that maybe you are retired and you kind of like we figured each other out and we're just kind of getting through life now. But what are you doing to ensure that you stay one? Maybe you're a single person. Maybe you're a single person. You're saying, well, this doesn't really... Re re um, relate to me because I'm single. I don't have a family. But then I would say, then what are you doing to be one in your spiritual family? We all are a part of this family. So let me give you a few practical tips. One, read the word together. Read the Bible together. By the way, I'm giving you tips that I don't always live because these are aspirational in my own life. There are times I do this well. There are times on Saturday morning, come on, guys, we're going to journal together. But then life gets going, and we don't do that as often. Or maybe around the dinner table, I used to, we used to love to do this and do Bible quizzes with the kids. But you got to have to eat together to do that, and that's also sometimes rare in my home. 
I would encourage you, Jesus' suggestions, have at least one meal a week together. Say, one? Really? Well, for some of you, that's very aspirational because you guys don't eat together at all. And I would even say for some of you, then if you're single, you're saying, hey, how can I just not live my life so independently? How can I be in somebody else's life? Because by the way, we gather on church once a week, right? We, we sing songs together once a week. We read the word of God together once a week. And this is like our family. We're feasting on the Lord once a week. Number three, if I were to highlight anything or put asterisks beside it, or if I had a flashing neon light, I would write it in neon and I would flash it. I would say this, don't let your devices divide your family. Don't let your devices divide your family. How often do you come home and people are just in their own chairs or in their different places around the house and all they are is on this thing and we realize what is more important, the person that's in the room with you or some fake friends that are somewhere on your device? I know they're not fake. I'm not criticizing your your friends. You're fake because you post only the beautiful things about yourself on there, but... Oh, I got you on that one. It's true. We only present our good stuff, right? But how about we present our lives one to another? How about we be real with each other and understand these are my, these are my disappointments of the day. These are the things that I'm trying to be... Excuse me for a second. These are the things I'm working through as a person These are my hopes. These are my dreams. Have conversations, and we've forgotten to have real conversations. And I wonder how much it's robbing us from being one. Number four, be quick to forgive. That's from the scripture. Don't hold grudges. Be quick to forgive. Number five, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Another scriptural uh, verse there. Do a family project together. You know, the days of like, guys, let's go outside and rake the yard together, or let's go do something together, find a togetherness. And remember, that's in your immediate family, but that's in our church family. I know last week we did a project, and now I wasn't here. I I was off graduating, but I would be here if I was here. And and we told our family, says, family, we're going to get together and do a spring cleanup day, and Thank you for the 20 of you that showed up. Thank you. We also had a pancake breakfast. We said, come on, family, come on out and support our kids. We've got to get a bus for all these kids going to camp. And thank you for some of you guys that showed up. But I wonder, it's like if I were to tell my family, my kids, it's like, guys, we're going to do a family project and... and Believe me, I know that there are people are have things going on. But if you're not, like, what if my kids decide, hey, great job, you can do it, Dad, but I'm going to sleep in today. Or my other kid's like, yeah, it's okay, Dad, I'm going to go to the beach today. And it's like, guys, no, we're going to come together as a family, we're going to do a project. But everybody just kind of like, we're going to do our own thing. Does that help us feel one? Does that help us feel connected? Does that help us kind of like we're going to do this together? And so I want to encourage you because sometimes people look at this and say, well, if it's an organization, 
there's somebody else. And look at the size of this church. Somebody else is going to do it. And I'm sure that's a lot of you guys are busy and had other things going on. And you probably said somebody else is going to do it. But if everybody did that, then that's why we we're not acting together as a family and we're not becoming one in these areas. And so I want to encourage you when we do these activities and when we do these things, know that you're part of the family and you're invited. You're invited and you're a part of it. And when we do this together, we become one. We feel the oneness. Sing together, play a family game, plan some family getaways this summer. By the way, we have a couple of events coming up for you guys. We're going to be doing um, our, our annual. We did it last year, and you guys were just like over the top. I was over the top with this, our barbecue, Volunteer Appreciation Day barbecue. We had a big smoke trailer come in and smoke all these briskets. It was incredible. But you're invited this year again for that. We'll be doing it again. Uh, anybody enjoy that last year? Oh, man. We're going to have a good old family barbecue together. And then we're already planning. This one's going to be awesome. But we're already planning for our Concord Christmas Parade. We're going to invite everybody in the church to actually walk in the parade. We're not going to do a float. We are the float. We are the float. And we are going to do something where, imagine this a massive blob of people walking down. Talk about getting attention. And we'll invite them then out to Christmas uh, celebration. But those are the things that we want to do together as a family and to help us to become one, but why? We love feeling like we're one. We love that feeling of being a part of something, but more importantly is to help others who are not yet a part of the family know that they're always welcome. They can see the unity. It's like, I don't see this very often in the world. I think that's what Jesus said, though. You know, when, when you have a family, people will come over to our house and be like, we love hanging out at the Warrens. It's not because the Warrens are that cool, really. But why they love hanging out at the Warrens is they sense something in our home. Yes, it's the presence of God, but they, I think they also sense the oneness, the oneness, which allows them to feel the presence of the Lord. I want this place to be so contagious. I want us, the Grace Capital Church family, to be so one that when the community hears about us, it's like, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that family. How do I get into that family? And it's not a country club. There's not like any like crazy things you have to do, like special handshakes. To get in, it's just kind of like, come, come. I don't know why I do those crazy things sometimes. Oh, boy. But what if we had this concept? What if we had this concept? What if we had a family first concept? What if we just said, you know what? We care about unity in our family, and we're going to make decisions that are family first. Family, meaning your own immediate family. So now you're not going to allow devices to crowd in. You're not going to allow you know, TV to crowd in, you're going to say, you know what? We care about keeping our family together, family first. But then it also comes to our church family. It's like when we start making decisions of what I'm going to participate in and, or what I'm going to do, we're going to say, no, 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 family first. Then we'll go do our thing. Family first. That helps us stay one. 
But more importantly, can I say this? Jesus is the one who makes us one. Jesus is the one who makes us one. So we got to keep Jesus in the center of everything that we do. Keep Jesus in the center of your homes. Allow his word to be in your home, read aloud. Allow some spiritual songs to be sung in your home. Alexa, play worship songs. Hey, it's pretty easy. You don't have to get too uh, crazy about it. You can ask Alexa to do some other things every now and then, but also ask her to play some nice worship songs. And then focus on the things that will hold your family together. That's why I love that you guys are in life group. How many people are in life group around here? A lot of you guys are in life group. We're going to be coming to an end of this session. Then we'll be opening up another session in the summertime. But that helps us to do life as a family together, oneness. Let's keep chasing after being one. We have an enemy who wants to kill, steal, destroy. He wants to remove our witness from the world. But the one we can say is, no, we're going to be one. We're going to be one under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And as we're one, the world's going to say, Jesus so loved the world. Jesus so loved the world, and he's inviting others to be a part of this family of God. He's inviting others to be a part of Grace Capital Church family. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for your absolute goodness for us. We thank you that you're encouraging us and challenging us to continue to be one in our families, to be one in our church family. Lord, we just love you. We love you. We love you. We thank you this Pentecost Sunday that your presence fell in this place, that we are so grateful for your presence. Father, that I'm so grateful for this church body, that we will love each other, that we will contend for each other. Actually, if you guys will rise to your feet, grab a hand beside you. Grab a hand. I want you to, this side's going to come in over this way. This side, I want to make sure everybody's hands, you're going to have to scoochie this way, scoochie this way. Everybody grabbing a hand all the way through here. I love it. I love it. So Lord Jesus, oh, I need to grab a hand. I'm going to jump down here. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for this body. We are one, one family under you, Lord Jesus, who is one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Help us to represent you well, Lord Jesus. Help us to live for you well. Help us to show this world who you are by our oneness. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 